What's up, Dream Warriors? Welcome back to another episode of a podcast on Elm Street. I am Mark. And I'm Brooke. And this week, we're coming at you guys with Hush from 2016. Yeah. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> Hush your lips. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen this one before? This watch? Yeah, this is like my third watch of it. Um, okay. Actually, I just watched this like probably October, actually, I think. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Shit. All right, cool. Yeah, I think this is my it's my third watch, too, I think. Might only have been my second, but I'm pretty sure I've seen it three times now. Yeah, yeah, same. All right. Before we dive in, what have you been up to? Um, watched a few things. Um, we finished uh, The Queen's Gambit, so nice. finally wrapped that up. Uh, amazing show, and uh, Anna Taylor-Joy is, like, honestly one of my favorite actors right now. Um, yeah. She's, I just can't get enough of her. She's so good. Yeah, she's wicked. Uh, we finished that. We started Yellowstone, um, yeah. like everyone else has. <laughs> uh, it's a great show. Um, we're hooked on it. Um, and we've just been like picking at uh, Parks and Rec. Um, she's never seen it, so we've been binging that for like the past, like, I don't know, month or so. Nice. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for TV shows. And for movies, uh, for non-horror, I just watched tonight um, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Oh, yeah. How was the, that? Uh, it, it wasn't that great. Um, I don't, it, was, it wasn't bad, but it definitely wasn't like amazing. Yeah. Um, Jim Carrey and uh, Marsden, James Marsden, um, mm-hmm. I really liked them in it, especially Carrey. Uh I like James Marsden too. He always cracks me up. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, it was all right. It was, it was it was a good time. Worth the watch. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. So yeah. I mean, even yeah. like throw it on for Brady, and like I think I think he'll enjoy it too. Yeah. Um, and then you already know the other movie, but I watched uh, Psycho Goreman. <laughs> you fucker! It uh, came out on Friday, <laughs> I believe, and um. Like we talked about, it, like on the actual movie poster, it has Shutter on it. So like, yeah. I, we were both confused as like why it wasn't on Shutter. Like you said that uh, maybe it's just an American Shutter, but you mentioned that Anthony from Porcelain Peak, he he, it wasn't on his Shutter either. So yeah, I don't know what the fuck's going on with it. Yeah, like maybe like I told you, maybe they're doing a like a theatrical kind of release for a couple months, and then once that is over, then they'll put it on uh, on Shutter, but. Yeah, um, I don't know if I want to wait that long for it though. Yeah, um, it it was really good time. It's so funny. Uh, yeah, and uh, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Like the special effects in it, like the costumes in it, are unreal. Like holy oh, yeah? shit! Oh man, there's a few characters. It's like, how do they even come up with this? It's like straight out of like a comic book or something like that. That's sick. But uh, yeah, I definitely recommend it. And uh, yeah, that's it. All right, cool, cool. What about you? Sounds like you've watched some better stuff than I have. Ooh. (laughs) Um, I'm going to start off with with a movie that um, is kind of close to home for us. Uh, I watched Mm. Butchers on Amazon. Nice. 
Um, for what it is and like where it was filmed and like what the budget was and everything like that, I thought it was a fucking great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like it's getting mixed reviews. Like I've seen some people shit on it, but I've also seen some people really like it. Yeah. Um, it was filmed like you live in Ottawa right now yeah. and I'm like 40 minutes away, but like I lived there for seven years too. Um, so like it's super close to home for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, they mentioned at one point, one of the towns that is like literally a five minute drive from me. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Uh, there's a scene where there's a tow truck in it mm-hmm. and the tow truck that's in it is actually owned by uh, a guy from Cardinal, like where I grew up. Yeah. Which is like just a little small shitty fucking town, not even on the map. And so see, like that scene came up and I saw GT automotive on the side of it. I was like, Oh my God, that's so cool. Yeah. Like this, this tow truck I used to see like every day. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So like, I don't know if it's just because it's like kind of near and dear to my heart, but mm-hmm. I really, really enjoyed this movie and I, I recommend checking it out. Like the acting was pretty good. Um, the scenery and stuff like that was good. Like location and setting and shit like that. Yeah. I'm definitely going to check it out. Um, yeah yeah and uh i've been talking to one of the actors that's in it and hopefully we're gonna have an episode with him coming up in the near future cool uh so yeah that was the good movie that i watched and i also watched a couple stinkers um the first one was uh the wolf house which i mentioned to you Mm -hmm. uh it's a new movie that was just put up on shutter i think it came out in 2018 maybe 2019 okay um, it's all animated. Hmm. I didn't get through it. I watched half of it and I was just like, I like, I don't even know what the fuck is going on. I don't hmm. like it at all. But then like I was talking to Anthony from Porcelain Peak and he was like, oh man, it was like one of my favorite movies from last year. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what was I watching then? But yeah. I don't know. It's like, I'm going to give it another shot just because hmm. like the animation and shit in it is cool. And it's like stuff you don't really see very often, but Mm -hmm. like, I didn't really know what the hell was going on. Yeah. Right. Um, But anyways, yeah. And the third movie I watched, I just finished it this morning whenever I got home from work. Uh, Snatchers. It's on uh, Crave. Okay. Um, Do not recommend it. (laughs) I thought it was going to be like a fun, like funny teen angsty kind of movie. And I mean, it is that, but it's like minus the funny part. Uh, okay. I don't I know. Like it, it, Yeah. I've seen it on there before. Yeah. It tries to be funny, but it was just, I don't know. It came off really stupid. Hmm. <clears throat> and as you know, we've been watching Yellowstone as well. We just finished season one, uh, the other day on the weekend, Saturday, I think. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, it's great. Moving on to season two. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Other than that, I've just been reading and playing PlayStation here and there, but nice. It's been kind of a busy week for other shit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. We ready for our content creator corner? Yes, sir. Who we got this week? This week we have Andy and Alyssa from Say Podcast and Die. Nice. Uh, I found this podcast. What in the fuck was that? Are you all right there? Jesus Christ. That scared the holy fucking shit out of me. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Woo. 
What was that? A beer can? No. So, oh, Sarah put up one of those, you know, those like things that you put over your air vent that like changes the direction of the air. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we have a vent on our ceiling down in the basement. So she must have like sticky taped it on the ceiling and it just fell off. Oh, my <laughs> God, man. <laughs> Anyways. Oh. Uh, yeah, say podcast and die. Um, I found them, I don't know, maybe three, four, five months ago. Uh, so what they do is every episode they have read and then discuss, um, a book from the original Goosebump series. Uh, it's fucking wicked podcast. If you're a nineties kid, like we are, like we grew up in the nineties, um, where Goosebumps was huge. Uh, I highly, highly recommend this podcast. Yeah, I think I first heard them. I think you mentioned them to me, and then they've also been on or have uh, been mentioned on uh, Creepy Crap's uh, podcast. Yes, yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, here's their promo. Listener beware, you're in for a scare. I'm Andy. I'm Alyssa. And we are the co-hosts of Say, Podcast, and Die, a podcast about the Goosebumps books. We are revisiting this iconic series from the 90s, starting with book one and going all the way through. The fears, the frights, the foods, the fashions. There's so much green spandex. Whether you're saying cheese or dying on your hairiest adventure or you're a blob that ate everyone. Whether you just like hanging out with evil sponges or spending terrifying nights and terrifying towers if any of those apply to you you might be a goosepunk you can also check us out on instagram and twitter at saypod and die we put up new episodes every monday and you can find our podcast wherever you got this podcast we hope to be scaring you soon so yeah very nice even that music is so iconic eh? like oh i know yeah i used to love watching the show yeah me too um but yeah, like, I mean, like listening to the podcast, like <clears throat> after I listened to a few of their episodes, I like I was hooked and I was just like, you know what? I'm going fucking balls out. And mm-hmm. I started collecting all of the original series. Nice. Um, I still need a few of the books, but yeah, once I get the whole thing, like once I get the complete set, I'm going to go through and read them all again. Um, just such a fun series of books like every book is is great yeah like i haven't read them since i was like a teenager or kid and Mm -hmm. uh, yeah just like i wish books like did more of what they did like just like choose your own adventure kind of thing yeah like i'm sure there is books like that out now but uh Mm -hmm. yeah yeah those choose your own adventure ones from uh i think it was like a spinoff series from the goosebumps books but yeah they're really fun too but yeah, check out Say Podcast and Die because they are great. All right, we ready for ours? Yes, sir.
before we jump into this, are we ready to crack them? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking tonight? Um, I am drinking a Flying Monkeys Brewery. The Mutants Are Revolting Crushable IPA. Damn. It is quite delicious. <laughs> You're all about the flying monkey. Oh man, I love. I think they're my favorite brewery. Yeah, they, they got um, some good shit. What are you drinking? Uh, it's not a crack tonight. I um, opened up my liquor cabinet earlier and saw that I still had some Pink Whitney. Nice. <laughs> so I'm diving into that tonight. Very nice. I love me some Pink Whitney. Oh, so good. It is. It's dangerous. <clears throat> It is very, <laughs> uh, yeah. Thankfully, I don't have a whole lot left in the bottle, so I won't be getting getting too fucking crazy tonight. But yeah. Anywho, like we said in the intro, tonight we are talking about Hush from 2016. Uh, the synopsis: A deaf and mute writer who retreated into the woods to live a solitary life must fight for her life in silence when a masked killer appears at her window. Yeah. I want to know how long she lived there for. Um, I don't think very long. No. Because at the one part when she has the, uh, the Zoom call with her sister, she's like, oh, come back and stay with us or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, she doesn't know her neighbors super well either. Like, I don't know how far away they live. They're out in the woods, so. Yeah, I think it's, like, a remote place because I think she says, like, at one point, there's only, like, four guys, like, that live around her. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, This movie was directed by Mike Flanagan. Mm -hmm. And he has quite a stellar resume. Yeah, he's he's an amazing director. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. Me too. Um, Michael from We Love Horde had a poll up last week for uh, two directors, him and Josh from Horror Movie Crew. We're gonna our well, the episode's released now, but uh, and Michael put up Mike Flanagan, and I was like, you know what? I am voting for him because I don't think he's put anything out that I wasn't really a fan of. Yeah, so, me too. But yeah. On his resume, he has Oculus, which not a great movie, but it's fucking terrifying. That is. Um, I have a thing with mirrors. Not a fan of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're just like creepy as shit. I don't know if it was the movie mirrors that like really fucked me up with them. Yeah. Or if it's like the whole Bloody Mary thing. I don't know. But like, I don't like looking in a mirror whenever it's dark. It's weird. Hmm. Did you break a mirror as a kid? I don't think so. I don't remember having seven years of bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another movie he's done is Gerald's Game. Yep. Uh, which is a Stephen King adaptation. And mm-hmm. he's also done Doctor Sleep, which is another Stephen King adaptation. Yep. Uh, he's probably most famous for directing The Haunting of Hill House and The Haunting of Bly Manor. Yep. Have you uh, watched Bly Manor yet? I sadly have not yet. Yeah, me either. I kept putting it off because I wanted to rewatch The Haunting of Hill House. And then 
<laughs> shit just kind of <laughs> fell through the cracks and I just haven't watched it yet. I know, me too. And then like I start hearing you know, rumblings about Bly Manor and it's like, yeah, not the best. So mm-hmm. it's, but I definitely want to check it out at some point. For sure, for sure. Uh, one of my favorite movies on his resume is probably one of his lesser known ones, um, but it's called Before I Wake. Uh-huh. I think I've suggested this one to you multiple times before. Yeah, I think we've talked about it before. Yeah, it's definitely been brought up in other episodes. I don't know what ones or why we brought it up or whatever, but yeah, I've definitely talked about it before and I highly recommend it. Yeah, I feel like I've seen it, but I feel like I haven't as well. It's like one of I those... feel like if you if you've watched it, you would remember it. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those movies. And he also did the pre-sequel of Ouija, which is called Ouija Origin of Evil. Yeah. Um I remember watching it, but I can't remember if I liked it or not. Yeah, I don't remember. I think this is the one I watched, but yeah, I think I skipped the first one and then I watched this one, I think. Okay. Well, you kind of watched it yeah. in order then. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he also has two, well, he has three upcoming projects, um, but uh, two of them are TV shows. Yeah. So one's uh, Midnight Mass and the other one's called The Midnight Club. True. Oh, it's in The Midnight Club. By, um, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Is it? Wasn't that what they called themselves? Or what was that? The Midnight Club, the Midnight Society. I don't know. I'm gonna look it up. I the society sounds right. I think I've heard recently. I forget who I was listening to. Oh, I think it was Porcelain Peaks episode. I think they mentioned that they changed the name of it or something yeah. like that. Oh, fuck off. IMDb just says a group of kids. Oh, it is the Midnight Society. Okay. Oh, okay. But the Midnight Club sounds cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, looking forward to whatever he's got coming out in the future because I think he's fucking great. He's very underrated. Uh, mm-hmm. He's got a lot of great shit. Yeah. All right. So that leads us into the cast. There <laughs> is five people in the entire movie. So yep. I'm just going to go through all of them because, I mean, normally I do four. So what's an extra one, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, leading off the cast list is Kate Siegel. Uh, she played Maddie. Oh, my God. It's like a fucking herd of elephants <laughs> upstairs. <sighs> um, she played Maddie. Um, she's known for The Haunting of Hill House, Gerald's Game, Ouija Origins of, Origins of Evil, and Oculus. So basically, uh, she is Rob Zombie. Or she is Sherry Moon Zombie to Mike Flanagan. Yes, except the Be- better actors. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> yeah, because Kate Siegel and Mike Flanagan are married. Yeah. So it seems like everything he's done, she's been in. She was in Blind Manor 2 for like two episodes, I think. Yeah. Um, but neither one of us have watched it, so I'm not really sure. No. Like the only thing that I <clears throat> really recognized her from was Hill House. Um I think I watched Hush after Hill House. Yeah. And uh, and then when I saw Ryan DB, like I saw like, oh shit, she's in all these movies of his. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't remember her from uh, Gerald's Game, I don't think. Um, I thought she was the main chick, but then I remembered that was 
Carla Gugino or yeah, what? yeah, yeah. Because they look alike. They kind of do, actually. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Next up is John Gallagher Jr. and mm-hmm. he played the man. Uh, he is from Ten Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, uh, jo- Jonah Hex, Underwater, The Belco Experiment, and the TV show called The Newsroom. And he's also Westworld as well. Was he? Yeah. Oh, like a big character in it? No, I think it was six episodes. Like I kind of remember his face from it, but okay. Yeah, that's another one I got to rewatch. Yeah, I haven't finished the latest season. There's um, three out now, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't even think I finished season two yet. Oh, damn. Yeah. I heard it was, like, it's not as good as the first season. No, the third season, I kind of feel the same way. It just gets, it's getting worse and worse, to be honest. Well, fuck, you're not really making a good case for me to watch <laughs> it. Uh, third on the cast list is Michael Truco. Yeah. He played John. Uh, he's from Hunter Killer, The Bye Bye Man, uh, the TV show Revenge, um, How I Met Your Mother, mm-hmm. uh, Battlestar Galactica, and One Tree Hill. The only thing that I knew him from was One Tree Hill. I don't remember him in that. Really? He was, uh, I want to say, Uncle Cooper. He, oh. he ends up dying, spoiler alert. Um, yeah. He was in like five or six episodes. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying. See, what I was picturing him from was the Big Bang Theory, which yeah. he's he's in, but for only one episode. I was thinking he was Kaylee Cuoco's boyfriend. Remember the big jock idiot? Yeah, yeah. That's who I thought he was, but it, he's not. He's a doctor uh, okay. on the show or something like that for like one episode. Because he looks like that guy. I can't remember what his name was. but He does, actually, yeah. Um, I feel like I remember him from How I Met Your Mother, too. Like, he's got a really recognizable face. but He does, yeah. yeah. All right. Next up is Samantha Sloyan, and she played Sarah. She was in this movie for all of maybe five minutes. Yep. Um, she's known for Grey's Anatomy, The Haunting of Hill House, and Scandal. Mm-hmm. And lastly is Emma Graves. She played Max, who is Maddie's sister. Um, she's only in the movie like through a voice or uh, through a video call on yeah. Maddie's laptop. Uh, she hasn't really been in much, so I didn't write anything down, um, like nothing that I really recognized. So yeah, I didn't even look at her page to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean she's barely even in this movie, but she was credited so. She's on the list. I would ask you if there's anybody else that you want to talk about, but I mean, there's nobody else in the movie. No, that's pretty but, much it. Uh, right. um, Kate Siegel also co-wrote this movie with uh, mm-hmm. Mike. Yeah, she did. Uh, I'm going to get into it later on, but like this, I don't uh, No, Never mind. I'm just going to wait. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, let's hop into this movie discussion. Let's do it. Yeah, so this movie is insane. Like, I don't know if it's underrated or if it doesn't get talked about enough. 
Like what, uh, what, what do you think? I think it doesn't get talked about enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's underrated because like, it seems like everybody that watches it really loves it, but it doesn't get talked about enough. Yeah. And Maddie is, Maddie is definitely an underrated final girl. Oh, a hundred percent. Um, yeah. I mean, the fight that she puts up in this movie is like fucking nuts. And the fact that she does it all deaf and mute. It's yeah. crazy. And like the movie starts off so well, um, really developing her character and story. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I talk about in my review. And one point that I really, really wanted to make sure that I put out there. Yeah. This opening scene, like she's home alone in her like cabin in the woods mm-hmm. and she's cooking supper. Yeah. And like the sound crew on this movie deserves an Oscar. Dude, that's like exactly what I put. Like my first line of the movie is like the sound editing in this movie is amazing. Yeah. Like they focus so much on the sounds of everything that she's doing that like we take for granted, I guess you could say. Yeah. Like, she's chopping onions she's like cooking uh meat like she's searing meat and she's cooking vegetables and like the sound of everything that's happening is just like it's right in the forefront like you're not paying attention to what she's doing you're paying attention to the sounds that -hmm. everything's making yeah and then like the next second the movie will cut out into like kind of her head space Mm -hmm. and then everything is just like that how do you describe it? Like it's not silent, but it's almost like it's almost like like I'm wearing beats over the ear headphones, like Dre beats over the ear headphones. Yeah. And exactly. if I'm if I like if I don't have you talking in my ears, it like mm-hmm. everything kind of sounds like that. Yeah. Like not completely silent, but it's like silenced. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. And it uh and it really like helps you connect like <clears throat> Okay, her laptop and her phone are connected like to each other, yeah. which makes it like a big thing in, in this opening and throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. And um, and then Sarah comes and um, also real quick, how is Maddie this bad at cooking whenever she's following a recipe? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah sarah sarah comes over who's like a neighbor and she walked there so obviously she lives pretty close to her yeah and um this is where we find out that maddie is like a writer she lent maddie or lent sarah one of her her books mm-hmm. and then they just like have a conversation and uh sarah's like trying to sign to her and maddie like says like oh i can read lips like you don't have to and sarah's like no, like I want her to learn. So you can tell that um, like it's a new relationship, but mm-hmm. Sarah like probably doesn't have a lot of like neighbors and stuff. Yeah. So she wants to make that connection with uh, Maddie. Yeah. And they do a good job. Like uh, Sarah's only like this scene's maybe five to eight minutes, let's just say. Yeah. Um, And they, they do a really good job at, uh, at de- like developing the relationship, but like showing that it's not like a full fledged friendship yet. Yeah. Um, all just for it to be ripped away like ten minutes later. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, like they do a really good job at 
at developing that kinship yeah exactly so early in the movie and then so they're going back and forth just like talking about her book and like how she's doing and then all of a sudden sarah points to the house and the smoke alarm's going off so they go in and they like make this connection as well um sarah's like oh the that's one hell of a smoke alarm and then maddie says like oh it's because when I'm sleeping, I have to be able to feel the vibrations from it. Yeah. And I feel like this movie, it it fills in a lot of gaps, like answer questions. Yeah. But then there's a, also a lot of unanswerable questions that I found during like the, the third act and kind okay. of the second act as well. But as like a story perspective, it... it really tells you everything you need to know about about maddie yeah and like how she lives her life yeah exactly like i I feel like they really really did their research before writing the script for this yeah um yeah because like you said like there's so many different and like there's so much foreshadowing in this too Mm mm-hmm like with the, the the fire alarm or the smoke alarm and oh. like with some other stuff too, like the fact that she can read lips and stuff like this. Like yeah. there's a lot of foreshadowing in this like first 10 minutes for the rest of the movie. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, so she's like cooking. Um, Sarah leaves and she has to find your cat who got outside. Mm-hmm. So she's like, I don't know, before this, the Sarah, this is when Sarah shows up. Yeah, because she's like finishing up, cleaning up her thing. You see Sarah come running up to the patio door right beside her kitchen where Maddie is. Yeah. And she's banging. And she's like, oh, Maddie, please see me. And it's like, fuck. Yeah, like she knows that Maddie can't hear her. Mm-hmm. So she has to rely on that. She'll be able to see Sarah. Yeah. And she doesn't the whole time. And the killer, the man, just comes up and just starts stabbing her. And then the way this scene is like so played out, it's it's so well done because he's stabbing her a couple times and then he sees Maddie in the kitchen and he kind of slows down mm-hmm. and he's like looking and then he just keeps stabbing her slowly and slowly then keeps making it louder and louder as he's stabbing her. Yeah, like he's like banging her up against the patio door. Yeah, exactly. And then she falls down. She's dead. Yeah. And then he starts like banging on the door. And then this is where he re- like where he realizes that she's deaf. Do you think she realizes he's that she's deaf or because you can't really see her ears or anything like that. So I was kind of thinking like there's a possibility maybe she had headphones in or something like that. Well, maybe at this point. Yeah. Like, do you think he drew the conclusion right there that she was deaf? I think so. Cause he was banging pretty hard. Yeah. And that's one, one, I don't know if you want to call it an issue, but like if she's banging on the glass that hard, like Maddie's supposed to be able to feel vibrations in the house. Like, do you think like I feel and like plus peripheral vision like I feel like she that's true I was see. I was thinking more of the peripheral vision thing like she's like just clean up her kitchen for a good like you know a couple minutes and yeah. it's not like the kitchen is kind of away from that 
door. It's like right next to it. Yeah, like the door's like literally five feet away from her. Yeah. But so that's also, one like minor issue. Yeah, but I also think maybe the point where he really realizes that she's deaf is whenever she opens the patio door and leaves it open so the cat can come in and you're like thinking like, oh, fuck, you idiot. Don't leave the door, the thing open, even <laughs> though he already came in, I think, at, at that point. And uh, like he saw her on the couch mm-hmm. and takes a call from whatever. He takes her cell phone. Yeah. And I think at that point, because he's about to kill her, he has his knife out. And I think he's like wrapping it against his like chest. Yeah. He's and like, he yeah. can see that she doesn't have any headphones in. So maybe at that point he realizes like, okay, she's deaf. Like I can really mm-hmm. fuck with her. Yeah. And I love this scene too, because he's right behind her. Yeah. And uh, she's sitting on the couch and like, we can see him behind her. And then all of a sudden, like you said, she gets a video call from her ex-boyfriend, Craig. Yeah. And she goes to open it or yeah. 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 Cause she was like contemplating calling him. Like she called him a couple times and then hung up and then, yeah. And then uh, he ends up calling her back and you can see the man. Like he realizes like, Oh shit, she's got a camera up and he like quickly takes a step to the side so that he's out of her camera view. Yeah. And it's I- her sister that calls. Was it her sister? Yeah. Because okay. the boyfriend calls like her cell phone. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, but then the sister, like later on in the video, she's like, oh, like, did you? She's like, what's that? Yes. And she's right. like, oh, I thought I saw something move. Yeah. And she said, oh, it's probably the cat. Like, I got to go get her. And then that's when she hangs up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but at that point, he had already stolen her cell phone. Yeah. And she goes back to the couch and she's getting messages like, because she has a MacBook, so she's getting iMessages mm-hmm. on her MacBook from her own cell phone. Yeah. And it's pictures of her, like, through a screen, or through uh, the window and through the sliding door. Yeah, and then also following her around in the house. Because yeah. she was trying to find the cat. Mm-hmm. And then she realizes it, and, like, man, like... I'd be so fucking scared. <laughs> oh, man, the fucking terror that you would feel. Like, you know you're out there by yourself. And it's like, not only that, like you're deaf and mute. Yeah. Like it just adds to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, at that point, what, like she gets up and she's like slow, like there's just like these small little details that I love so much. Like she sits there for like a good 30 seconds and yeah. like it's focused on her eyes and like her eyes just like shift to her left or whatever. Yeah. And she's just like kind of staring there or sitting there staring and like, you can hear the breathing quickening. Yeah. And she's like, holy fuck. Yeah. And uh, that's like another great thing that the sound department did was all these little details to sounds so that the movie wasn't silent. Like yeah. there's there's heartbeats, there's like breathing and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she gets up off the couch and slowly walks over to the door and sees him standing there like on her patio. Yeah, like yeah. Um, even for me just watching it late last year, like I was thinking like, I couldn't remember if he was sitting there because like the camera goes so slowly. Then you see like nothing, nothing. Then you just, just see him standing there. Yeah. And with his like mask on, it's like, holy fuck. Mm-hmm. And her patio door is wide open. Yeah. 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 Does she go outside or he does he turn the power off at this point? 
Well, she runs to the door, shuts, shuts, slams the door shut. Yeah. And then he kind of starts walking around. Like, he's already scaled the house. Like, he knows where all the doors are, where all the windows are. Yeah. At this point. So yeah. she runs around the house because he's quickly walking to all these different entrances that he can possibly get into. Yeah. So she's got to run around the house and lock everything up. Mm-hmm. And then I think that's when he goes and kills the power. Yes, and then she goes in the room and barricades the door, and then, like, this is where he he starts, like, banging on the window. Yeah. And then she looks over, because she sees it hit, like, the shadow in the window. And then she has Sarah, like, dead Sarah up on the fucking Mm -hmm. window, just tapping on it, and she, like, drops a hammer, and she's just, like, in such shock. And he's just still sitting there, tapping, tap, tap. And then I think this is when she goes out. This is where we get the scene where she she writes on the uh, the door. Yeah. Um, which at this point, like, I thought of something that kind of blew my mind. But then, like, after thinking about it, I was like, no, I don't think that is the case. Because <laughs> on the door, she writes, um, I haven't seen your face. My boyfriend is coming. Yeah. And so when he sees that, he takes off his mask and he's just like smiling. Yeah. And this is where he's like, can you read my lips? And she's like, yes. And he's like, you see my face now, haven't you? Yeah. And then he looks down at like the, my boyfriend is coming and then just laughs. So I was like, oh fuck, is this Craig? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that would be a fucking plot twist and a half. That would. But then yeah. I was thinking, like, no, because, like, if they were dating, then he would know that she can read lips and, like, stuff like that. Well, and he uh, he read that part, too, because he has her phone at this point, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Like, he has her phone, so. And Craig had sent her a message. And it said something about said something about how they're not in a relationship anymore. Like, so he knew that she doesn't have a boyfriend. Right. Okay. But I was like, but, fuck, like, imagine, like, because it doesn't really give much backstory on, uh, on like, the man. No. No, you don't know anything about the guy. You don't know why he's there, why he's killing these people. Exactly. That's why I was trying to, like, come with, like, kind of scenarios, like, mm-hmm. what if this is her boyfriend and she, but obviously, I don't think it is, but. Uh, no. no. But, I yeah. So. But uh, I love that scene, too, whenever he takes his mask off, because now, like, he he has every reason in his mind to kill her. Yeah. Because now she's seen his face and now she knows she's fucked. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and like Maddie is like super smart. Like Mm -hmm. she's like one of the smartest, like final girls, like that I've ever seen. Like, yeah. Um, excuse me. Cause I think at this point he slashes her tires and then she grabs her car keys and she starts, he's like going around the back or something like that. And, um, oh yeah. Cause her plan is to turn her car alarm on to get him to go to the car. And then she like runs outside to see Sarah who's dead to get, try and get her cell phone, I think, or like keys. Yeah. No, her cell phone. Cause she, one thing we forgot to talk about in like that first 10 minutes when she's talking to Sarah is she 
her mother had like called it writer's brain. Yeah. So every time she writes a book, she has like multiple story endings and she has to like try and pick and choose which one's the best one. Yeah. So like she has that, <clears throat> excuse me, really good perception of details throughout her life. Yeah. Um. So she remembered that Sarah put her cell phone in her back pocket. Right. And after he finished tapping on the window with Sarah's arm, he like just kind of left her drop there underneath the window. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, like you said, she distracts him, which, by the way, is the fucking one of the tensest scenes in the movie because she has to open up the door yeah. to get her car alarm to go off because her button wasn't working. She was too far away from it. Yeah. Um, and like the whole time it's happening, you're thinking like, oh, fuck, he's going to be right there. Yeah. And uh, and like even that story thing like plays into the movie so much because like I, yeah. when she's talking to her sister, she's like, oh, we haven't finished her ending yet. And she is like, which ending? I have seven endings. Yeah. And like that plays into the movie like so much. Yeah. And you just fucking destroyed one of my trivia questions. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. That's okay. Um, that's part of the game, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Attention to detail. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah. And that, like, so then, so she succeeds in distracting him. And she goes back to that room, opens the window and like has her body half out the window trying to get this cell phone. Mm-hmm. And then he comes running back. Yeah. And uh, he's like, she gets, she manages to get back in, but he's got a hold of her yeah. and she manages to break free, grabs the fucking hammer that was on the floor, which, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> which <laughs> whenever she dropped it originally, yeah. I was like, you idiot. Like you just dropped your weapon. Like, yeah. what are you doing? But then, like, it ended up helping her because it was right there. And she took the claw part of the hammer and fucking slammed it into his arm. Yeah. I was like, like I was like, just go for the head. Yeah. Just pull a fucking Thor and go for the head, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I don't know. She fucks him up with that claw hammer pretty good. She does, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then the next... The next time she gets outside, um, trying to think, she goes upstairs, goes outside, and she throws like the flashlight away, and then kind of lures him away. And then, like at this point, I was like, "Why not just fucking run away? Mm-hmm. Like run the opposite direction. He's not gonna know you're you left." Yeah. And yeah, because he's so far into the woods at that point, like. She yeah. can get a good distance away. And then she also gets under the porch. And I like I like this part whenever she like puts her hand on the uh like under the porch mm-hmm. so she can feel like his vibrations from his where he's like walking and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, she doesn't like run away, which I thought she should have when she threw the flashlight. Instead, she she tries getting down and then he comes back and like shoots her with the uh the bow and arrow. Yeah. Or the crossbow, I guess. Mm-hmm. and she gets back out there takes it out and then he's like walking or climbing up the side and i was thinking like you have a arrow in your hand stab him in the face when he comes up <laughs> but she just like kind of pushed him off and stole his uh his crossbow, crossbow. yeah so she's like outsmarting him like 80 80 of the time yeah he he's like a very stupid stalker 
killer, serial killer, whatever. Like yeah. he, he's not smart. He doesn't plan things out very well. Yeah. But he's and very menacing at the same time. I think he's too menacing for himself because like throughout the movie, he keeps saying like, Oh, I can come in anytime I want, anytime I want. Mm-hmm. And then he never does go inside really. Yeah. Yeah. He's too, he's trying to fuck around with her way too much. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then she manages to get in the house with the crossbow. And this is one scene I like too. Cause like, now, I think she's playing it up a lo- like way too much. Like, yeah, a crossbow is hard to pull that string back, but I don't mm. think it's that hard. Like, I'm pretty sure she'd be able to do it. Yeah, like, I've never loaded a crossbow, but yeah, I don't know. I never have either, but like, I've shot a like a bow and yeah. like one with like good resistance. And I mean, it's tough, but it's doable. I guess it depends, like, I think it goes by pounds, I think. Yeah, it does. So, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, but also, anyways, at, yeah. Look, at this scene, like when she's on the, um, on the roof, like before this, and she's like trying to like walk away. It's like, you're on a tin roof and you're like, yeah, you're trying to be as quiet as possible, but like you're deaf. So you have no idea how loud you're being. Yeah. And that's another point that I wanted to bring up too. Like she's at such a disadvantage because she like, she can't hear him first of all. So that's a huge disadvantage, but she also can't hear herself. No, because at at one point during the conversation with Sarah, she asked her like, Hey, like how, um, do you hear yourself? Like as a kid, because she was a kid when she lost her hearing Mm -hmm. and She's like, no, I hear like my mom's voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that was one thing that she mentioned whenever she was thinking about the different story endings. Like it's it's her yeah. mom's voice that's like walking her through everything. Yeah, like typing everything up. Which is really cool later on too, which we'll get into. But like you yeah. can hear that voice in her head playing yeah. out all the different scenarios later on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we get to the one scene in the movie that I dislike. Because it's not believable at all. Um, whenever John comes, who is Sarah's husband or boyfriend or whatever. Yeah. Like this whole scene does not is not believable like at all. Like John gets there. You know, as soon as you get there, like you see a car as all its tires slashed and mm-hmm. the window smashed out. It's like pitch dark, but like you have power at your house. So it's like. Yeah, And then he doesn't go, he doesn't see the writing on like the window. And then the man comes up with like a flashlight and he pretends to be in the cops. And it's like, okay, like you don't see a cop car around. How the fuck did he get way out here? <laughs> yeah, that's true. And uh, like John starts to realize what's going on. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, the man, he he ended up taking one of Sarah's earrings at one point. Yeah. So he, he ends up using John's cell phone to fake call for backup. Yeah. And then he puts the phone in his pocket and then John asks him for his phone back. He pulls his phone out. The earring falls out. Yeah. John has a brainwave says, Oh fuck that's Sarah's. Yeah. Um, so then he's like trying to like keep the guy calm and, but he, he knows what's going on. Yeah. And he tells him that Sarah or that Maddie had a key underneath a rock. Yeah. Yeah. And then 
so the man's like down there looking for it. And then he, John picks up a big rock and he's about to smash him over the head with it. Oh, man. Just as Maddie starts banging on the fucking glass. <laughs> man, this part pisses me off every time. Me too. Because it's me like, too. Maddie, I know you can't hear, but just look at the situation. Yeah. John is right in front of you, has this giant rock behind his hand. Like, oh my God, man. Yeah. Now, I don't know if it's like just panic. Like, she's obviously in fucking panic mode. But- Definitely, yeah. But I mean, John is a huge fucking guy. Like this guy's like double the size of the killer. Dude, he almost fucking takes out the man when he's got a hole in his neck. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's got a fucking uh, your naked chokehold, and he's almost killing him. Yeah. And at this and... point, too, like I don't get why Maddie doesn't go outside when he has him like in a chokehold and takes care of business. Yeah, that's true too. Like, she could have easily killed him at that point. Yeah. Um, But John tells her to run. Like, it's like his basically his last breath, and he tells yeah. her to run because she can read his lips. Yeah. And um, before we get to this next part, um, yeah. I love the line whenever the man, I think he says it to himself or to Maddie, but he's like, yeah, that guy could have kicked my ass. Yeah. yeah, it's after John finally dies. He's like talking to himself. And he's like cleaning himself up. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I definitely would have lost that one. Yeah. I thought oh, it was man. funny too. Me yeah. too. But this scene, this next scene gets me every time I fucking watch this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's just she's running away. The guy, the man throws like a brick at her or something. She falls and he gets on top of her, starts smashing her head. And I, every time I see this, I was like, fuck, I know she lives at the end. There's no way she lives through all this. <laughs> I'm like, he's bashing her brains in. I was like, how does she live? And then you, you figure out like it's it's a flashback. Like she's going through all the scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. And this is when you really see those different endings that she plays through in her mind. Yeah. And like this whole sequence, it's probably my favorite part of the movie. Okay. Because she says, like, well, I can't run. Um, if I go outside, there's only one place to hide, and it's in the crawl space. And he already knows that I've that I've been out there. And there was, like, one other option. And then she's like, so there's only one option left. And it's, like, a silence for a second. And she goes, I have to kill him. And I'm just like, fuck, yeah. Yeah. I think she gives seven endings. Yeah, she, like, yeah, she gives multiple scenarios. Multiple yeah. yeah. But yeah, like each one, it shows her, she's like talking to herself. Like mm-hmm. you can see her talking to herself and uh, she's going through it. And then like, yeah, like you said, she says like, he's bigger, stronger, faster. Mm-hmm. I can't run or hide. So there's only th- one thing I can do and it's like, kill him. Yeah. It's like, fuck yeah. Um, so at this point now, he the the man standing or sitting outside and he found a pack of cigarettes on John, so he's just standing there having a having a smoke. And then Maddie's cat, which is named Bitch, yeah, <laughs> uh, comes up and starts like rubbing up on his leg. And then he like pets the cat for a minute, and then he's about to uh, he's about to fucking kill the cat with his knife. Yeah, he's about to pin it on her door or something like that. Yeah, like this guy's fucked. He is. 
And then all of a sudden, Maddie finally gets the crossbow to work and shoots him in the shoulder with yeah. one of the bolts. Yeah. And uh, this is the grossest scene of the whole oh, movie. Fuck me, man. Like, oh, this goes this goes back to the sound design department. Yeah. So she I think she's trying to get in her patio and then she drops one of the arrows. Yeah. And for some reason, she's trying to reach out and get it. And he just grabs the door <laughs> And just slams oh. it on her hands. And her finger must have been in the weirdest spot because her finger was bent in a way I've never seen before. <laughs> like, the whole rest of the movie, I just couldn't take my hands off her hand because it was so fucking dank looking. Or It's like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, because, like, he slams her hand into it and then he just starts stomping on it and, like, crushing it. Like, she, yeah. like her hand is a cockroach. Yeah. It's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And, like, this is another thing I don't get. Like, he does that, and then she's on the floor screaming in pain, obviously. Mm-hmm. And he just, and then she lets her close the door and lock it. Mm-hmm. And then she's, like, screaming and stuff. And then um, he says, he says something like, I can come in anytime I want or something like that. Yeah. And then she like gets up and says like, um, this part's badass too. Yeah. She's like, uh, come, come in or something like that. And then she was coward on it, but it's like, then he's like, okay, now I'm coming in. It's like, dude, you had a chance to come in <laughs> like literally 30 seconds ago. And you could have killed her when she was in pain. Like, yeah, like I know what the movie's trying to do is trying to like play out the ending and stuff, but mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like to write on the window, like she writes on the window like she did with the lipstick, but this time she uses the blood from the crossbow wound that she has on her leg and she writes it all in blood. Yeah. Yeah. And she must have had like some fucking bulletproof glass because he's got a tire iron and he's smashing the shit out of this sliding door and he cannot get through it. No, he can't. And then she goes into the bathroom and then this is another scene that is cool but i also hated because she's just sitting there in the bathroom and like there's a window to her right and like the bathtub is like in this kind of like nook kind of thing yeah and she's sitting there with a knife and then all of a sudden the man is behind her and it's like how the fuck did he get there like i have no idea how you didn't see all the glass falling from the window that was from the window? Yeah, so she's standing there, or she's sitting there, leaned up against the bathtub, and she's got the knife pointed to the door to the bathroom, because that's the way that she expects that he's going to come in. Yeah. And then everything goes silent, Yeah. and you can see, like, glints of, like, glass falling behind her. Oh, I thought, sma- that was, I thought that was him just, like, going into the bathtub. No, like he smashed through the window behind her. And because she can't hear, obviously, she couldn't hear him come in. And then he gets up behind her and he says something. And the 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 breath from whatever he says hits her in the back of the neck. Oh, okay. So then she knows that he's there and she pulls this fucking badass move with a knife and flips it around and just fucking stabs him in the kneecap. Yeah. Okay, but but still, like like we said before, like but the peripheral vision of like her is like. But he's behind it, her. But there wasn't a window behind her. Yeah, there was. That's how he came in. 
No, because the the bathtub was directly behind her, and the window was like to her right. Hmm. Like if you go back and watch the shot, whenever it's like in front of her, kind of you can see he's behind her, and there's no like I didn't see a window behind directly behind where he came in. No. But anyway, but it's a badass scene. Um, and the ending even gets crazier because like she goes in there and he comes in. She, he thinks like he has her like, okay, she's done for. Then she grabs the bug spray or whatever it is and sprays it in his face. Yeah. And they have the epic fight with, uh, she like turns the smoke alarm on. Cause like, that's another throwback to the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and then he gets on top of her and is choking her out, and then she just stabs him in the neck with a fucking corkscrew. <laughs> and then blood just starts spraying everywhere. Yeah. Um, Another thing, too, we kind of skipped over it, but uh, bef- like while he's trying to smash in through that patio door, mm-hmm. she goes to her laptop, and she starts like oh, typing, yeah. in, typing in like a description of him, and then she writes, died fighting. Yeah. And like, love you, mom, dad, or whatever. And then closes it and then runs into the bathroom. I just yeah. thought that was like a nice added touch. That was, yeah. Super smart on her <clears throat> part. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then she kills him and she gets her cell phone, calls 911, mm-hmm. goes outside, sits on the front porch. And then the closing scene is the, the blue cop lights coming yeah. up the road. Yeah. And that's the way the blood splatters. Yes, sir. All right. I have a feeling we're going to have two two different ratings. You think so, eh? I think so. All right. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. What did you give it for a story rating? For story, I gave it a 5 out of 10. Okay. For my story. Um, the moody movie kind of leaves you thinking a lot. Um, I think there's way too many plot holes. Like, who is the man? Why is he doing this? I had a question, how did he get in the bathroom? But we kind of answered that. Mm-hmm. Um, the John part isn't believable. Um, but they did really develop Maddie, like, uh, really well. Yeah. And she's a great final girl. And, like, her whole story arc and just her backstory, they did really well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, story five out of ten. Okay. And my quality, I gave a nine out of ten. Okay. Uh, great home invasion movie. The cinematography is great for being a single location. Um, the sound editing is unreal, like we mentioned, and I thought the acting was really good as well. Mm-hmm. So, different scores, but uh, overall, it's a great movie. All right. Cool. Okay, for my story, I gave it an 8 out of 10. All right, all right. I said it's a fresh take on the home invasion subgenre, which is like already a scary enough thought. And then you add in the fact that she's deaf and a mute, and it mm-hmm. just like skyrockets that tension. Um, speaking of tension, I wrote there's like tons of it throughout the entire movie. Um, and the suspense begins like 15 minutes into the movie and it doesn't let up until like, until you see the cop cars coming up her driveway. Yeah. Um, like I never felt at ease throughout the whole movie. Like I was constantly sitting on the edge of my seat and I've already, like, I've seen this movie multiple times now. 
Yeah. Um, but it still has that same effect. Yeah. Uh, I feel the length of the movie is perfect. That's what I was just thinking too. Yeah. I think it's like 82 minutes or something like that. Yeah. Um, and given the fact that like there's less than 15 minutes of dialogue, it's a single location. There's really only two actors in the movie. Um, I feel like, they did a good job at keeping it like a good length of a movie. Cause if mm-hmm. it was any longer, it probably would start to get a little bit boring. Uh, and I love that like final act where she's planning out her escape and like what she needs to do and making use of that writer's brain that, uh, yeah. that came up earlier on in the movie. Yeah. And my quality, I gave it a 10 out of 10. Damn. <laughs> um, I think this movie is like absolute perfection in terms of the quality. Like, I feel like, like you mentioned in the story, like there's plot holes and shit like that, but like setting that stuff aside, like just the quality of this movie, every yeah. little attention to detail that they put into it for her being a deaf mute. Like it's, it's brilliant. I think. Um, yeah, that's why my scores were so different. Yeah, like like I said before, like they really seem to have done their research before writing this script. Um, we've already talked about this, but like the like the sound department obviously deserves a fucking standing ovation for everything that they did for this movie. Yeah, um, I love the fact that Mike Mike Flanagan didn't want the movie to be silent, like during mm-hmm. the scenes where there's no dialogue. Um, so there's always like a certain sort of sound or ambiance throughout the whole movie. Like there's heartbeats, there's ultrasound noises, there's heavy breathing, tense music, like just everything was thought out to a T. Yeah. Um, I feel like this movie is like a true gem in terms of horror. Like you really feel scared throughout the movie for Maddie. Yeah. Because of the fact that like she's deaf, she's mute. She like, she can't hear what's going on around her. Um, but yeah, like I, yeah, I can't say enough good things about the quality of this movie. Yeah. Agreed. That's, that's all I wrote. (laughs) Is that it? (laughs) That's it. That's it. (laughs) All right. Uh, so yeah, you guys know our scores. Let's head on over to Rotten Tomatoes and see what they've scored it. The critics consensus Hush navigates the bloody waters of home invasion thrillers and incisive slashers for a contemporary horror puree. Nice little cooking callback. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What do you think the critics scored it? I'm going to say they gave it a 87%. Ooh. Critics gave this movie a 93%. Damn, nice. Yes. On 41 ratings. Only 41, eh? Well. Yeah. And the audience scored it a 73%. Really? Yeah. Which surprised me. On uh, 6,700 ratings. Okay. Which also surprised me. Like, that's a fairly low number. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, man. You ready for the scare section? Yes, sir. <clears throat> um, also, before getting to this, I think Katie Siegel uh, 
or is that her name? Katie Siegel. Kate Siegel. Kate Siegel. Um, I think she learned uh, sign language for this movie as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it just kind of adds to it. Mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, but anyway. Katie, Katie, Katie Siegel is Gemma from Sons of Anarchy. That's what I thought whenever I said it. <laughs> I was like, that sounds not right. Um, <laughs> so scary. I gave a six out of 10. Um, it's a real life situation. There's high tension throughout the whole movie. Like you said, from the very beginning of the movie till the very end, the kills are brutal and it's, it, it's actually a gory, pretty gory movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, six out of 10. All right. And for scariest scene, um, I put when the man takes off his mask because at that point, you know, that shit is real. He doesn't give a fuck about his mask. Like, yeah. Like at this point, he he decided like, hey, I'm going to I don't give a shit. And like, I'm going to kill this girl. She's deaf and mute. Like she has no chance, you know, so I was going to fuck yeah. with her for the whole night. Exactly. And also one thing that I didn't mention, um, this movie could have played it so much differently if Maddie had answered Craig's FaceTime. That's very true, actually. Very so true. It's like it's like there's just little things in life that like either you do or you don't that like changes, you know, mm-hmm. how things go. Yeah. Um, and would I survive a put? Yes, I think I would. Um, the man isn't that smart, and he's he's not that tough. Like he's probably bigger than me, but still, I think I think I'd survive. Okay. What about you? You're a real tough guy, huh? <laughs> real smarty pants. <laughs> Fucking yeah. <laughs> Lost your train of thought. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna call you a fireman queer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that episode's not out yet. We can't make that joke yet. No, but uh, catch us on uh, Truck School the Movies comes out uh, <laughs> Friday the twenty uh, eighth. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll get Brooks' joke. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Um, for a scare rating, I gave it a seven out of ten. Nice. I said the the constant use of sounds and music to build the tension and fear within the viewer is top notch. Um, knowing that Maddie is at such a, such a huge disadvantage throughout the whole movie builds that fear even more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and putting yourself in her shoes, like really like if you like sit there and think about like what would you do in this situation like it yeah it just extrapolates the fear to the next level um i like what you said too like it's a pretty violent movie considering that i mean like only two three people die in it yeah um but yeah it's pretty gory and pretty violent uh, my scariest scene, I said when the man enters her house in the beginning and like she has no idea that he's there. Yeah. Because like we know that he's there. We can see it. But yeah. she has no idea that there's this fucking masked killer standing right behind her. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's just super creepy. And would I survive? You're tougher than I am, dude. Because I said I don't think I would. Wow, I guess he don't know how to use a crossbow. guess I'm a fucking pussy. um i said she uses her wit and disability to her advantage in some points and i like i just honestly don't know if i would be able to do what she was capable of doing throughout the movie that's true i didn't think of like her using her disability to an advantage 
Mm. That's a good point. Yeah. Real, so you, real smarty pants, eh? You're the you're the brawn, and I'm the brains. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, man. Are we ready for Captain Spaulding's trivia of monsters and madmen? Yes. putting up i am putting up a movie from 2020 god damn man and we are maybe watching possibly um the rental oh shit nice yes yes i like that choice me I too really watch that movie <laughs> me too <laughs> um give me one second you gave a year for your movie so i have to check what mine is because I can't let you be better than me. <laughs> okay. Uh, my movie is from 2014. And its original title is Itchsay Itchsay. Um, it's an Austrian movie. So <laughs> okay. we're, going, we're going foreign. Oh, okay. The English version is called Goodnight Mommy. Dude, I was going to pick this movie like so long ago. Nice. Yeah. It looks uh, it looks sick. Yeah, I've seen it once and I fucking loved it and I think okay. you really enjoy, I think you'll really enjoy it. Nice. Sweet. Yeah, man. So we got two good ones going up. Cool. All right. So, for those of you that don't know because we kind of took a little bit of a break from doing this, um this is our quiz section trivia section i guess so we go against each other um and it's best two out of three whoever wins that movie gets uh played for our next episode yep so brooke you put up the rental i put up good night mommy let's get this shit going ding 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 <laughs> all right you want to go first sure how old was maddie when she got sick 13. Fuck you. That was also one of my questions. This might be fucking tough. I don't know. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) I have... There's two of my questions gone now. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Um, Okay, so playing on that, how did Maddie lose her hearing? Ah, fuck. Was it meningitis? Ah, uh, you cocksucker. Yes. Oh, my God. Fuck. It was bacterial meningitis, but I'll give it to you. Okay. Damn, <laughs> I didn't think I was going to get that. <laughs> um, Name one of the two characters in Maddie's novel. Oh, shit. They do mention both names. Yeah, they do. Fuck. 
I don't know. I'm just going to throw Jessica. I'm just going to throw a name out. Nope. Looking for Aaron or Riley. Shit. All right. All right. I got to stump you now. All right. What Stephen King novel is visible at the beginning of the movie? Is visible? Yeah. Uh, hmm. Stephen King novel, you said? Um, there's multiple ones that are visible, but this one's like prevalent. <clears throat> I'm just going to say, hmm. The Shining? Nope. Looking for Mr. Mercedes. Don't know what that is. Oh, Obviously, please. it's a Stephen King novel. <laughs> <laughs> I was even going to give you a hint that it was one of his newer ones. Oh, yeah, I don't know. He got me there. Good. All right. All right. Um, what is Maddie's new book slash project called? Oh, the new one? Yeah. Fuck. I knew I should have fucking made a note of that. <laughs> I don't remember. Sweet water. Oh, right. Because she, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit. She even has it like you see it fucking seven times because she has sweet water <laughs> ending one, sweet water ending two. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> All right, man. This is my last question. So you got to get it right. All right. Because I got no more questions. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what we do in the event of a tie. Okay. Um, what is the name of the book that Maddie already wrote? Fuck, I was going to write this question down, but I didn't see it. I didn't feel like rewinding and looking. Oh, God damn. Okay, I'm going to give you a hint just because I want to see one of us win. Okay. Uh, Mike Flanagan is currently, it's on his uh, upcoming projects list. Um, Midnight Mass? Yeah, you got it. Hey, <laughs> thanks, man. No problem. I just didn't know what the fuck we were going to do if there was a tie. So I feel like I had to give it to you. <laughs> I know my next question probably would have been like, what color was Maddie's car? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of car did Maddie drive? Yeah. What disability did Maddie have? <laughs> uh, we were going to heads or tails pretty soon. Yeah, pretty much. Cool. All right. So uh, we're watching The Rental. Nice. I'm excited. Me too. I really wanted to watch it, so that's perfect. Yeah. Sweet. <clears throat> All right, guys. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at a podcast on Elm Street. If you click the link in our bio, you will see links to our T Public account, to our Patreon account, as well as a link to our Discord app, mm -hmm. uh, which we're going to be doing our first ever watch party of uh um joe bob's valentine's day special yeah which is on february 13th yeah oh, excuse me i think we can only have 10 people in a watch party um i'm hoping we fill that up that'd be super cool if we could yeah um but yeah looking forward to doing that it'll be our first one i think it'll be really fun me too uh want to give a quick shout out to our patreons or our patrons i should say mm -hmm. um we have two new patrons. 
Uh, we have Michael from the We Love Horror podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for, for joining that list of people. Thank you so much. <clears throat> and we have our good buddy, Jeff, who joined earlier on this week. Uh, really, really appreciate the support, guys. Um, we can't thank you guys enough. And uh, going back to our fucking OG patrons, we have our buddy, Josh who was on an episode with us for Drag Me to Hell. Mm-hmm. He's going to be coming on for another episode at some point in the future. Um, once COVID fucks off, once our province is out of a lockdown and we can maybe get back together and start doing this shit again. Yeah. Um, we have uh, Chuck from Chuck Goes to the Movies. He's a patron. Um, Anthony from Porcelain Peak. Our good friend Dennis is a patron. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, our good friend Jacob. Sorry, fuck. I was having a brain fart. I was like, okay, I know there's one more. <laughs> um, Jacob and Amara, thank you very much. Uh, you guys have been there for a long time too. So, uh, like I said, we appreciate all the support. We can't thank you guys enough. Um, you guys are really helping us improve and uh, get better quality shit. And uh, yeah, yeah, helping us pump out these episodes in better quality. So, you guys are fucking awesome. <clears throat> All right. Is there anything else that you want to say? Uh, don't think so. I think right. that's it. All right. We'll talk to you next week, guys. See you later, guys. Bye.